What's up, boys? What's up, boys? How we doing? Doing good. Yeah, hanging in there, having a good day. How are you doing, James? You know, I'm just, I'm just doing it. Just doing it. It's been a minute since we talked, you know. But you know, a lot of, a lot has happened, so we got a lot to talk about, a lot of cover in this one. You guys ready? Yeah, we ready. Always ready. So, uh, literally, the last time we talked. Boston had one game one. We are now on the verge of game six. <laughs> so it, 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 it's been a minute. It's been um, a solid minute. We can uh, just go into uh, what do you guys think of the series so far? Uh, Golden State's up 3 2. Uh, we can, uh, we'll let Joe have the floor, let him uh, give his expert analysis. Uh, I said Warriors in six. I predicted that the Warriors would game, win game two. I predicted that the Celtics would win game three. And uh, it's going about how I saw it all going down. Uh, I mean, game game two and game three were fun watches. I really enjoyed them. Um, but uh, I, I kind of expected how everything's happened. I did not expect the, uh, the FUs to Draymond. That, that, was, that was interesting. Um, I don't know, James. What do you think? Well, for starters, I, for one, did expect the FUs for Draymond because that the Boston <laughs> fans have just always been notorious for being savages like that. And I love it. I will say that. I, I absolutely love the fans getting into it like that. Um, but, yeah, I do think it went as expected as well. I didn't put a, you know, a Warriors in six or seven or anything like that. I just knew it would be Warriors at the end of the day. Um but I was kind of surprised with with Boston in this in the game four. Um, I really thought they would put up a little bit more of a fight. But the biggest thing for the Warriors that's happened is they've had someone else step up that isn't named Steph Curry. You know, they just really haven't had they didn't have consistent number two throughout Giggity throughout the entire first few games. And you know, Clay Thompson stepped up. Poole Oh, we lost you, bud. I think we lost James. Last night, Andrew Wiggins stepped up in a big way, um, really held that team up when Steph Curry only put up, I believe it was maybe 16 points or so, didn't make a single three-pointer. Um, so having someone step up and be the true number two on that team in these last couple games have been huge for the Warriors. Uh, and like, like Joe said and like we said at the very beginning, it, it's kind of going as expected. Uh, what do you think, James? Uh, you know, Curry has literally carried the Warriors. And then last, last night with you brought up Poole and Wiggins and Clay finally showed up and even Draymond, I think finally had more points than fouls in the game. <laughs> um, it, it, that's not a good recipe for, uh, Boston. Uh, Tatum looks like he's kind of disappeared. Like he's, he's kind of scoring, but it's like quiet points. Like they like they kind of don't matter. Like and that Boston needs Tatum to be be that guy. And, and this series is kind of proven that he's kind of not right yet. But like like we all predicted, it was kind of like more of the experience of the Warriors. Uh, and like uh, Joe pointed out uh, after Game One or uh, even before the series, uh, you can physically see an MVP uh, be Curry, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala. You could see multiple players on the Warriors. And for Boston, it had to be Tatum. And we haven't really seen it from Tatum. He's had a couple good games, but 
for the Warriors to win a game when Steph has been carrying them and then Steph basically goes cold in game five, um, that's, that's, that's tough. That's a game Boston should have been able to come away with and they weren't able to do it. So I said, I said Warriors in five, I guess it, well, I was a game off and Joe's going to be right on, but I'm rooting for Warriors in seven just to say Joe was wrong. <laughs> I just want to be put honest. That out I mean, there. a seven-game series is always way more entertaining to watch. That se- that game seven is always electric, no matter what. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's 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 fair. Um, so you guys got anything else on the NBA Finals? We we Warriors close it in six. Any I, any? It really feels that thing. way. Go ahead. Oh, I got one more thing. Like Tatum is obviously like shown that he's like the best player on that team, but Brown has been an absolute dog, man. Like I, I didn't expect him. Like he has played insanely well. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, agreed. He's, he, he's been a dog. Like if he's putting in the effort, I kind of expected Tatum to put in. And if Tatum put that in, then I would have been like, Holy cow, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, he's, He's insane. And those Celtics, that Celtics team is going to be really good for a long time now. Uh, really young team. And to have two vocal points in Tatum and Brown. And if Tatum does end up being more of the, the vocal leader type deal, that that's perfectly fine. If that meshes well with Tatum, then that meshes well. So I think, I think they got a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They they have a, a tremendous, tremendously bright future ahead of them. Um, and as far as this series goes, if they want to climb their way back into it this next game, they're all going to have to be on like they were in the fourth quarter game one. Uh, you know, they're going to have to be better than they have been in the last several games, you know, and, and be more consistent, you know, all around the board. You know, each player has had great moments and great games but it seems like they're all doing it at separate times like they're just not they don't seem to all be on the same page um so if, if they want to climb back into this they they got to find a way to be more consistent and and be better all around as a, as a unit absolutely absolutely well uh oh let's uh let's uh shift over to the the nfl a little bit i know we're not really getting into nfl nfl stuff but uh, the Rams are just uh, paying their players. They they gave uh, Donald a metric ton of money. See, I did not say the S word. I almost did. And, uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup. They extended him for a three year extension to give him 110 over the next five, uh, and 70, 75 million guaranteed. Uh, I don't know if Cooper deserve Cooper. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> if Cooper Cup deserves that kind of money, but. I think he earned it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think of the – I mean, we already already agree on Donald. I, we know he deserved the money and his threat of retiring. We talked about that in a podcast previously. So, like, no surprises that he got his money. Uh, the biggest one is uh, the Cooper Cup. And uh, the, do you think he earned it already or he still needs to prove something a little bit extra? Honestly, I think he – he he's well deserving of this money. Uh, and I think it'll be really like 
beneficial for them to keep him around because the chemistry between him and Stafford, like I've heard stories about them getting, showing up to the building at like four 30 in the morning. And like the chemistry between those two is just unmatched. It reminds you a lot of like Brady and Edelman type deal. Like mm-hmm. you just think of like guys that are not insanely physically dominant, but they just, mm-hmm. they work perfectly well with their quarterback. That's almost irreplaceable irreplaceable like you gotta you gotta keep that guy around you as long as Stafford's there you gotta keep him in my opinion and whatever amount of money he's worth it uh did you know they were like the breakfast club they were eating breakfast together every day last year during like off-season training camp and all through the season or something like that it showed um you know Cooper Cup winning triple crown with Stafford there and I mean you know before Stafford came he, he wasn't a bad receiver by any means, but he was just, a, you know, an average guy. He had one really good season um, back in 2019. Um, but I do think he he deserves the money he got. I do understand the skepticism that would come come with it as well, you know, being his first year like that. But like you guys were saying, the chemistry with Stafford is undeniable. And not only do you have to keep him around there because of that, all the other things he brings to the table as well. You know, you got Allen Robinson now on the other side who is probably going to see a lot of single coverage and that's mm-hmm. going to benefit him tremendously. Um, so, you know, there's, there's just so many benefits to it and he definitely deserves the money. But like I said, I understand the skepticism with it, but at the same time, what you saw this year on the field was spectacular. And in, there's no doubt in my mind that that is going to continue. Maybe not quite triple, triple crown level because that is a very rare thing to do. But the numbers are, are going to be there. He's going to get the catches. He's going to get the yards, the touchdowns. He's going to block for his running backs. Uh, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a perfect example of a guy who put in the work to get himself to where he is today. 100%. Uh, and I, I kind of want to touch on it. Uh, we could talk about the Skip and Shannon thing. I know we talked about it privately in our Snapchat and our texting group. Right. Um, Megatron versus Cooper Cup. <laughs> it, 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 Megatron and it's a landslide. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's so ridiculous to even bring it up after one season. Right. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's it's Megatron. It's It shouldn't even be a discussion. Um, I mean, without even looking up Megatron's numbers, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Cooper Cup's second best season is probably one of Megatron's worst seasons, you know? And I just don't see how you could even bring up that debate. Now, he didn't say necessarily that he was better. He said more valuable. But even then, I mean, you go back and watch the film of two guys pressing Calvin Johnson on the goal line and him still dominating. You know, it, it, there's just no question in my mind. It, it's Megatron by a landslide, like Joe said. Yeah, if you, if you want to do more valuable, I mean, how, how many wide receivers were picked as high as Megatron? drafted like they'd have to be a number one overall exactly (laughs) Uh, nobody if if you if you did a redraft of the league and you had prime prime calvin johnson and cooper cup in there like who's getting drafted higher in the redraft of the league it's it's calvin johnson it depends is are the raiders picking first because they're taking jamarcus russell all day no doubt (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) 
I, uh, I was going to say they're they're drafting Tyreek Hill, but because they love that speed, right? And Hayward Bay and all of those wide receivers back in the mid two thousands. Henry Ruggs. Um, uh, anywho, um, <laughs> you can make the argument that Ruggs was definitely the fastest out of those guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, anywho, the comparison I think between because you brought up Stafford and Cup and the chemistry uh, is like. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it makes sense to me. The Romo to Witten connection, it was always seemed whenever Romo was in trouble, Witten was always open. And he was one of the guys you would you wouldn't expect to be open. He was just always open. And then it kind of looked like that for like the Rams. It's like the Rams needed a crucial third down and then Cup found a way to get open. And he was already leading the league in receiving. And he still found a way to get open in the most crucial moments, like in the Super Bowl, they converted two fourth downs on the game-winning drive. I believe so. And made himself open, including open for the game-winning touchdown. Like, it just, to me, the chemistry is like a Romo Witten level. Uh, Obviously, the Romo Witten is, uh, they're the leading receivers in Dallas history, Witten and Romo. Cooper and Stafford aren't there yet for the Rams, but I think that is more comparable than the Stafford Megatron connection. Absolutely. I, I was going to go a different way of like you add, I don't know, three inches in 40 more pounds. And what's, what is the real difference between Cooper cup and Travis Kelsey? Like yeah. th- that's more of what it reminds me of is Travis Kelsey, Cooper cup, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. Like, yeah, yeah, because they, they both have that same, like, they throw it from all different angles. Like, let's be honest, Stafford's been throwing sidearm and no looks way before Patrick Mahomes was in the league. Awesome. Yeah, and before, and before Stafford was far, and yeah. All right, so uh, we can move on to, Joe, you have your blindside segment, and for those of you who forgot about it, the blindside is each week someone, this week it's Joe, has a random topic that we have not talked about. And me and James this week are going to debate it. And uh, I just want to throw in the frozen face emoji. So, Joe, go ahead and uh, let's hear your blindside. All right. So, former blindside, this uh, this app, I wanted to kind of gauge your guys' opinions on lotteries in sports. Why, why certain sports have them, why others don't. Would it be beneficial to add to the MLB and the NFL? Should we get rid of it in the NHL and the NBA? And your thoughts on each? Uh, The the lottery really (laughs) isn't something that I've truly understood. I mean, I get what they're trying to do and eliminate, you know, the people just losing to get draft position. Um, But at the same time, I I don't see necessarily why you would implement it into the NFL. Uh, I mean, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of it. I think if you have, you know, take the Lions, for example, you know, have been notoriously bad or the Cleveland Browns over the years, you know, if, if they weren't able to draft, I mean, I know they didn't turn their organizations around, but I mean, imagine those teams throughout the years, not getting the number one pick, you know, maybe they might've even honestly been more successful if they didn't, yep. but I don't know necessarily if it's something they should be implemented into the NFL and MLB. Cause like I said, I, I just, I don't see a true benefit to it. Although we have heard about, you know, the dolphins of recent 
offering coaches money to lose games. Now, fortunately, he has more integrity and refused to do that. But I just I don't see a benefit to it. What What do you think, James? Honestly, like I can see the benefit for both ways, the lottery and not the lottery, uh, because there's the people think the lottery gets rigged like uh, back when the Lakers had like the 10th worth worst record and they had like a 2% chance to get the number one pick and they still got it. Or uh, the Cavaliers had the worst record for however many years in a row after LeBron and they got the number one pick three years in a row. So it's kind of like at what point is it necessary? What point is it not necessary? Cause you can tank for Tua, so to speak, like the Dolphins supposedly did, and they still ended up with Tua with the fifth pick, like because of what you said, Brian Flores had a little bit more integrity to lose the games on purpose. They still ended up with their guy in Tua, but like you can still tank for that, or you can still get the lottery pick. So it's like no matter what way you look at it, there's going to be people who think it's rigged, and uh, like because we already think sports are rigged, like for the most part. You, you, you think your your Golden States and your uh, the Patriots and they're always going to win and they're always going to be good forever, even if they do get the thirty second pick in the draft every year, uh, or and it's just, I, I, yeah, I just think you can't get you're not going to satisfy anybody wh- whether you use the lottery or not because they're they're always going to think, oh, this team always gets the number one pick or this team always is tanking on purpose so i feel like there's no good way to do it uh but i don't think you can eliminate tanking in the nfl because like if we were to look at it right now we can point out three teams who we think could get the number one pick right you can't do that in the nba necessarily the nba will be a little bit harder you can say oh these guys will be the bottom five but i don't think you can pinpoint which one is going to be the worst so then would you, know, you get rid of it in the other two sport in the two sports that do have it though? Um I think you just leave it the way it is. Like, I mean, they I don't I don't know the exact percentages, but I know it's like the worst team gets the more balls, the second worst gets a little bit less than the first, and then so on and so forth until you're down to the thirteenth team gets a one ball or whatever it is. Uh but only the top three are done. Yeah, I think you just gotta you just leave it the way it is. And so I'm not I'm not the biggest um, basketball offseason fan. I'm I'm pretty pretty casual when it comes to that aspect of it. You know, I, I watch most Nuggets games that I can. Um, you know, I I try to follow as much as I can. But um, is is the NF does the NBA draft seem to be more of a sure thing in that top ten? than other sports say might be meaning what like meaning the, the top- prospects are more more likely to hit in that top 10 yeah the prospects are more likely to hit in the nba in general like yeah the, see, basketball see, translates better see and that's why i think it might be more beneficial for a sport like basketball where your top 10 is more of a sure thing um you know there's obviously going to be a few guys that are definitely slotted to be better than others um you know, so it might be more beneficial in a league where more guys coming out of, you know, coming into the draft are more of a sure shot than than would be in the NFL. Although as of late in the NFL, more and more prospects, or rookie prospects, seem to be hitting a lot earlier. Would you guys agree with that? 
I like not necessarily like a, a ton more than usual, but I just I feel like that top ten is seemingly performing much better in recent years than in years past. I might agree with that. I, I think it's literally just because it's a lot easier to uh, like translate your game. Like yeah, you can would, uh, you would... can have a rookie join a terrible team and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. Like look what John Morant did with the Grizzlies. Like he helped he helped get him more uh, predominant, and he was a rookie. And look what uh, LeBron did in Cleveland when LeBron, like he was in the playoffs by year two as a nineteen year old. Yeah, but you're bringing in LeBron as a person who's top two all time, number one or number two, your choice. But uh, yeah, but ja, I mean, it, ja, they it, had like uh, J, uh, JJ. Uh, who was like a fourth pick? I want to say, who's yeah. also really good. Like they they had tons of hits on picks before Ja and Ja just took over as a star type deal. Well, yeah, just like the Celtics. The Celtics they got they got Brown and then they got Tatum and then they and then they kind of they kind of built it from the like it takes a little while, but you're more likely to you're more likely to hit rather than miss in basketball versus the other sports. Yes, so that that might be why it's more beneficial in a place like basketball, to where you know those top ten players are more than likely that more likely than not going to hit. You know, so the lottery system of who ends up basically getting who, it might be more beneficial there. I, I mean, I don't know. See, I would think day. I would think that is the reverse to where the worst team getting the better odds of a hitting player. You know, like I yeah. think back to like. New York getting Ewing, like, uh, I talking about rigged. I, I think about (laughs) like, no, the Pelicans getting, did they get AD the year they were trying to sell the team? Like the, the NBA owned the team and they got the number one overall pick. Like, yeah. A little fishy. Yeah, but you're, you're always going to get that whenever, whenever like it's, it's always going to be a topic, whether it's a, tanking or the drop the lottery like yeah rigging will always come up so i don't think there's a way to avoid it i think you just got to live with what the results happen and just move yeah. on and and maybe like what? you said maybe we just you know just keep it the same because you're always you're never going to satisfy everyone and most people that are sports fans aren't just fans of one sport i would say and mm-hmm. you know so they'll get either pissed off on both sides or happy on both sides because it's, it's a little bit different everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. So uh, did you have another one, Joe, or you want to move on to something else? I kind of did, but I don't know how, uh, how well and your guys knowledge is on it. What do you think about like all the teams that are possibly coming up for sale? Like I've heard a lot of rumors going around with the Titans and the NFL and the Chargers, because the well, Chargers are apparently very much in debt or not doing well. Yeah, the the ownership group out there of the Spanos family is is not doing well at all. There's a lot of internal feud, um, a lot of a lot of similarities, not quite so much as the misogyny stuff, but a lot of similarities in the feuds with the Broncos as well. Um, and the team ended up leading to be sold. I think a lot of the reason why these rumors are coming up because because throughout the process of the Broncos being sold and then right after it was announced Robert Walton won the bid, um, I think it's the owner of the 76ers. 
I yep. want to say, basically said he's willing to pay $5 million right now for a team. And it's making these teams like the Chargers with the Spanos think like, well, maybe, you know, since we're not doing too hot right now and we're all within a feud, we should probably get get rid of this team. And to be honest, the Chargers have needed new ownership for, for many, many years. You know, they, they've had their, their own battles, you know, in the front office and, and on the field. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes from that announcement of I will spend $5 million right now for a team. And the, and, and, or $5 billion, thank you. Um, yeah. And – it's making these owners think like maybe this is the time to get out because you're not going to see a growth. I don't think you're going to see a growth quite as big over the next 20 years as over the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so these guys that have been in the ownership seat for X amount of years who bought the team for millions of dollars, where now it's worth billions of dollars, you are, are, are thinking maybe this is the time to get out because how, how much is it truly going to grow over the next 20 years value-wise? Yeah, I, I feel like it's getting really high now, but at the same point, it could, it could very well do the same thing within 20 years. You, you don't know, but I think that guy announcing I'll, I'll put down $5 billion, that's why the, a lot of these rumors are coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and the Chargers are $500 million in debt to the league and they are also renting the Kroenke Stadium in L.A. So they're losing money for rent every year as well. So I think the Chargers are eventually going to be sold. But I, I've i heard the Titans be thrown out there. Mm-hmm. I've heard several other teams. I well, just the commanders are, are – it's a matter of time for the commanders as well. Yep. And that, that's yeah. going to be a real hot market there you know, over there in Washington. Uh, I think at least. Well, I, but, I, I personally, unless that team being sold is the Cowboys, I don't give two shits. Quarter. <laughs> um, and Dan Snyder's the same way. Uh, he's going to be there until he dies. I don't think any, I don't think he'll sell for any amount of money. I, it's going to be him being forced out. He's not just going to no, give it up. No, he's going to die. There's not going to, he's already changed the name. He's already done everything to, keep the team if dan snyder was going to be out he would have left when they were like you need to change the name from redskins it's, it's not going to be a voluntary thing though i mean he's just putting makeup on a pig it, yeah, it's going to be I, the league forcing him out he's going to be there till he dies same thing with jerry jones <laughs> like it's yeah, but just... jerry jones doesn't have all the behind the scenes stuff necessarily going on that yeah, Dean snyder does. a couple years ago <laughs> yeah i mean so did robert Kraft. I mean, you're not wrong, but I mean, Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones are the two guys that are going to just, they're just going to be there and yeah, that's going to be what it is. And I agree. Dan Snyder is going to hold on to that as long as he possibly can. I just think it's going to be taken away from him. The, the league's going to for, they're going to vote him out. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, the league is an oligarchy between 32 very rich owners. And if all of them want him out, they're going to get him out. Well, that's the thing. They all have to want him out. That is very true because I'm sure Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder are friends. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what? Now that you did mention that a lot of these guys come from similar backgrounds and are similar ages and just similar people all around. Yeah. I mean, you, you might be very right on that aspect, but we'll see. We'll see what happens.
I think we should jump into the moment everyone's been waiting for, and that's uh, who's going to be my favorite NHL team. <laughs> the, NHL, the NHL finals are now set. we got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Avalanche. Both are coming off massive, uh, like, streaks, win streaks. they got a lot of momentum. Both teams do. Exciting series. Uh, I'm personally for the pod. I'm rooting for Lightning just because, you know, yeah. So uh, I know you guys are a lot more knowledgeable on that. So I'll let you guys, you know, take the floor. Lightning in four, right? Let's go. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> no, I mean, realistically, I'm going to say the series goes six, but because I don't know, I'm going to say lightning and six. That's going to be my actual prediction. Lightning and six. I'm going abs and seven. Yeah, I, I, might, I may be being a homer here, and I will absolutely admit that. But I'm going to go abs and seven. Now, I know the lightning do have one stronger point on their roster than the abs do, and that's that goaltender. Their goalie seems to be one of the best in nets doing it today right now. Um, but with that being said, I think the Avs have two very serviceable goalies going into net. And I really, I know both teams have a lot of talent. They play really fast. They play really aggressive. But at the end of the day, I think the Avs have a more complete roster from top to bottom. You know, if, if we're talking the Lightning have 90% complete, I think the abs would be 95% complete. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm taking abs in seven. Uh, I'm going abs in six. Um, the The worry is that Tampa defending, great goalie. Uh, but when that last series, when that series was still going in Eastern Conference, no matter who won it, Vegas had the odds as minus money for the abs and Kale McCarr was at only plus 170 to win something to hop on. But like that is that is like that's the best odds of plus 170 for uh I can't think of the award. Um what's the award called? Anyways con Smythe. Yes that uh he he was at plus one seventy no matter who the abs went up against. Kale's been playing flat out insane. Uh Nathan McKinnon is an angry man on the ice. Uh, and hopefully we get Kadri back uh, with the with the time that the Avs had off. Um, but the Avs are just so talented. Like, yeah, the goalie, goalie worries me. Um, but the Avs are such a good team. And that the fact that they were minus money, no matter who it was, was, was just insane to me. Uh, cause it, in my mind, it should have been plus money. Cause I'm, cause it could have been anybody that they could have been matched up against. You could have seen anything happen in the series and mm-hmm. all that. And if Vegas is that confident in it, I'm like, eh. and it, if it does go seven, I'm a little worried that Tampa might win. Cause they do have the, yeah. the Stanley cup, pl- uh, veteran leadership type deal like they have the the experience of it yeah and the better goalie this this would be a three-peat if they win correct yep and the i could see that being why that's why if it does go to seven i'd be a little bit worried uh but i i just think the abs are too talented like 
I'm going to go with that it ends early. And if it doesn't end early, then I think Tampa probably pulls it out and I will be crushed and I will hate it. Well, and the thing with the goaltender situation, because it's, it, it's real. It is a weaker point of the Avs team. I don't think it's a weak point necessarily, though. No. Um, like a lot of people are speculating in the national media, which we've all voiced our opinions on national media. But um, the thing with the Avs goaltending is the, way, the style that the Avs play with just such a smothering offense the goalie doesn't take as many shots as he probably should be on, on any other team. Um, you know, so they just have to, they just can't let in the weak goals. I think that's, that's the number one thing. And that was kind of a worrisome thing in one of those. I can't remember if it was game three or four, but it kind of got close there towards the end. And it was just some soft goals being given up. And I think as long as, as they, as Kemper and, um, why am I blanking right now? The other goaltender. Oh, uh, I'm completely blanking. I am that makes well. me that uh, makes me sound so bad. But uh, anyways, the lightning in uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but anyways, um, <laughs> I think as long as they both cannot let in soft goals and just just play their game, the Abs are going to score four goals. We, I mean, we've that's been very proven throughout these playoffs. And the one thing that a lot of people I've been hearing saying is the thing that worries them about the Tampa Bay is they've been taking teams into deep series. And yep. that necessarily what have that's not how they've been over the last two seasons. You know, so so some people are saying that they just don't quite have what they had in past seasons, but they're still much better than other teams. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think the youth of the Avs is going to tire that team out. And I, I can, I could just, I see the Avs winning this series. It, it just feels, it feels so much different than it did in years past. I think I want to play devil's advocate. Do it. Uh, so like, I, like you guys know, I'm not really huge on hockey, but I will be after this year, lightning going for that three Pete. And yeah. I am, retroactively claiming their last two titles. So I'm going to be annoying as hell. Uh, <laughs> I'm just letting you guys already know that, but that's what's going to happen if the lightning do pull it off. Um, but I was going to say this uh, because the notes for the, this pod actually that we're doing right now was literally, it was game three in the lightning ranger series and the Rangers ended up, winning their first or no it was game four they tied the series at two and i was like they're gonna run the table because if you watch if you look at the just how they played in game uh one and two they were they were kind of manhandled in game one and then the rest of the games were close and then they started manhandling the rangers so they started uh, to pick up momentum and build up steam and now they're entering the finals straight off of a game not off a week of rest straight off of a game and i know like for that it could be it could be like the lightning take game one and then the abs need to bounce back big in game two kind of like what we're experiencing right now with the warriors the experience and the younger boston celtics yep yeah and oh good sorry but i want to say you you comparing it to the warriors and the celtics 
Steph Curry is the best player on the floor, and the Avs have the best player on the ice. Two best, I would say. Two best, yes. Granted, Tampa Bay may have one of the best goalies of all time at their net. Yeah, yeah. So but then do we want to compare I'm, this to the young Miami Heat with LeBron and Dwayne versus the Spurs? I don't. You don't because <laughs> so like I just mean that because I mean it could go both ways. It could be the young uh, studs well, who take it to you're seven. Making me, you're making me think about it here. Yeah, where like thinking about it is not good on a podcast where I have to like look up and like go through my head. Does that make sense? <laughs> type deal. Um, I'll give you a second though if you want. Um, <laughs> the way I see it is is like you said, James. They are coming off of games. They didn't have this long rest, and I do I do see a a way that the lightning pull off game one because of that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think the younger, the, the more youth team that's going to just benefit more throughout the series. Mm-hmm. You know, so I see it being, you know, maybe game one, they do take down, but I think at the end of the series, they're going to end up, end up winning because of their youth and because they can go through these games every other day, you know, cause they, they play every other day, no matter with travel, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, I, I think that's a lot of the reason why the abs will take this series because, and like Joe said, we, we have the two best, we have two players that are better than the rest of the lightning team being McKinnon and McCarr, you know, they're top maybe five three. players in the world, maybe even three. You're right. Um, especially if Kadri's out there, he, he really is a guy that pulls that team completely together. But I, I think the youth and with the rest, they might come into game one slow because of it, but they're going to come back firing hot. And, and I can see a way where they pull off some games that a lot of people don't think they should. Well, that's fair, 100%. But, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what happens – I'm going to be happy because they're going to be my team. <laughs> so like, like I have teams already the well, lightning. Well, here, oh. James, here's why you should be a bandwagon of the abs too. So, so j- let's just look at the mascots. The lightning is an L mascot. How do you make a mascot of a lightning? And an avalanche would whoop a lightning's ass in a one-on-one fight. They're just much more I don't powerful. know. Is that lightning followed by Thor? No, it's just lightning. They're not, they're not the Tampa Bay Thors. Well, I know, but I mean, Thor's the god of lightning. So and is that lightning versus the av- avalanche? Is it the is avalanche it? have just beautiful uniforms? Technically, they play in Colorado. Like, come on, man. Like, there's there's no reason to be a, a lightning fan unless you want to just hop on that Tom Brady bandwagon. Might and I know he's point. the god of Thor, Joe, or god of thunder. So I, I, I know. I was just being. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that lightning will strike first, and then the avalanche will come down on them. Like, yes, that's fair. That's fair. Smother but, them. Uh, yeah. So you guys are obviously <laughs> taking the Avs. I'm being devil, devil's advocate. I'm taking I, the lightning. I respect it, but uh, uh, one thing I want to say too about this while we're on the topic of hockey. I am so sick and tired of people saying that Kale McCarr is an offensive minded defenseman. He is an all around defenseman and all yeah. you have to do is watch back on him shutting down Connor McDavid. 
the first the first rush of the game. That poke check was nasty. Like I am I'm so tired of people saying, Oh, he's an offensive defenseman. And like I hear it all day at work. James, you know who I talk to at work about mm-hmm. sports. He'll he'll say because I'm like, dude might end up being the greatest defensive player defenseman of all time. And he's like, he can't be. He's offensive minded. And I'm like, no, that's his position. You can be both. <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's just because he is so dominant on the offensive side too. But he's not routinely taking the puck into the zone. He does quite a bit, but he's usually back at the point. And then, you know, as the offense smothers their defense and they get tighter and tighter to the net, he gets a nasty slap shot from like 15 feet out. And I, I, I've actually heard a few people here in Denver. Now it is Denver media, um, but I've heard a few people in Denver talking about him already being a top five, top 10 defensive player of all time, just with the pure dominance he's shown. I, I don't – I'm not ready to say that. I'm not either. I, I will say that I think last series we saw three of the best skaters in the world right now, and mm-hmm. two of them are on the abs, and we'll see two, those two go up against the Lightning. And it's going to be goalie versus the lineup that the abs can put forth, and I think the lineup will just overwhelm and cause an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that, 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 wow! <laughs> and if the, the Lightning, I think, if they want a chance to win this series, they have to dominate puck possession. Because if if it's even or the Avs have more puck time, the Avs are going to win. I mean, there's a I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but the, the Avs win like eighty five percent, ninety percent of the time or so when they have equal or more puck time, which is most teams to be completely honest but yeah the the abs are just they're they're so dominant on the offensive zone they can't allow them to put 45 shots up a game like they did against the oilers you know the abs are going to win that way well i think uh that's a that's a that's a good point to uh you know just joe ended with uh the avalanche uh pun uh but (laughs) lightning strikes quick and strikes often and if they are able to get a stranglehold in game one, uh, the Avalanche could be in trouble. Experience, like, yes, the younger team can win, but the experience matters a lot too. Correct. Yeah. So they need to, the Avalanche need to come out and strike faster than the Lightning. Yeah. And nah. they need to. They they need to come out. I mean, at least come back and answer in game two if they don't in game one. But um, I got them in six. You guys got them in six and seven for the Av. So I mean, go Lightning, right? <laughs> See, I just want to like you know what? I should just retroactively just do the the Lightning fan just and say that way. But we did See, make the agreement. Whoever wins, no. no. I'm uh, yeah. saying you should be a Lightning fan because we are we are fans of one team similarly. Otherwise, we battle. But me me and uh, James don't have a team together. Correct. Correct. That's okay. So me and him you're battle. You're a fraud anyways. Can I bring up uh, Sooners softball as uh, greatest women's team of all time and kicking the uh, butt of the Longhorns? All right, so that's a great spot to end. It was great uh, hanging out with the boys. Nice to have a talk with you guys. Uh, I'll post this tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it is now what was tomorrow, Wednesday. I will post this tomorrow morning. Uh, you guys have a good rest of your night. 
awesome pod. Boomer sooner. It was, it was, it was nice to chill with the boys. Uh, Asta. Trayvon Diggs is overrated.